We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg, a savage Ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 seconds. a whole burst to it. 20. Side steps to tackle. Runs left. 25 still to feet. 10. 46 yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker. A high school quarterback is going to throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones needs the tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. It's Derek C. Apollo, my co-host, my partner in crime, the man, the myth, the legend, former Los Angeles Rams defensive back Michael Stewart on a Tuesday podcast. Got a lot to talk with you about. Going to jump right into it. Mike, how you doing? Man, we doing good out here, DC man. Just looking forward to all this football that is right around the corner. Literally around the corner. That normal time of the year where things just kind of go dead, and you're like, "Oh man, it's never going to get here." Well, it's here. And it kind of, I think, in my view, it snuck up on us. I'm not sure if it snuck up on you. Did it sneak up on you a little bit? Man, it definitely snuck up because uh, it, it seemed like. It was a long time before the preseason, and now games are getting ready to start, like, momentarily. So This definitely. weekend. Yeah. This again. weekend, the Hall of Fame game. Yeah. My goodness. So that takes us right to the Rams, takes us right to what's going on there. And, by the way, just a note, we have been working on the tour in the league. Usually it's done by now, but scheduling's just been bananas. So we're going to hop back into it. Expect a lot of shows. I said that before, but I mean it this time. I really do. I spent a lot of shows previewing these teams in the next two weeks. It's going to be a lot of, of podcasting for you. Hopefully you all enjoy it. Um, I know we've enjoyed doing them. So I'm going to give these out to you ASAP. Just make sure you're tuning in because you're going to see back-to-back-to-back-to-back to back to back to back stuff. All right. In the meantime, 
on the Rams front, the big news in the last two days, Matthew Stafford nicked up his finger, his thumb, his surgically repaired thumb. On social media, we see a blow. Oh, no. Oh, no. The sky is falling. And why? Because this is coming off of Cam Akers getting hurt out for the year. Now, we're seeing the Rams secondary getting nicked up. What did you think, Mike, when you first saw the news that Stafford dinged his thumb? Well, the biggest thing I'm thinking, like, okay, everyone knows since you start playing football, stay out, stay off the quarterback in drills, and don't be in there trying to be practice all-stars where he's going to hit his thumb on the helmet. And I go, okay, how can that happen? Especially when you know this is at stake. It seemed like they would take certain precautions. But again, as football, these things can happen. But it's like, okay, you way too close to the quarterback for that to happen. So then you go to the next thing. Well, how bad is it? So fortunately, uh, negative uh, x-rays came back today. So they haven't gave it. I uh, haven't seen anything in regards to if he's going to be back practicing today or they're going to kind of hold him out. Well, what I'm seeing here on social media as of this recording, they held him out today. Matter of fact, they pulled him out of the press conference as well, so people can ask him questions. However, per Ian Rappaport, what they're saying is it's sore, but it looks like they they uh, they they got by without a major timeout. That's actually great news here. We don't worry about him right now, but. Man, there's that's that's fear. Like, right? when it comes to everything for this Rams season, hinged on them finally getting their quarterback. And then before your first preseason game, you have a scare like that. Imagine what would have happened to this season had he actually hurt that repaired thumb and pulled. Maybe what happened to Drew Brees a couple years ago, where he was out for like six weeks. Imagine what that would do. Come on, man. We got Walford in ready to go. <laughs> you have that much confidence? Let's go, man. John Chauvier, man, he'll run around. He's going to make some plays. We got some playmakers now. Dude, we, we ready. Let's go. You know, that would have been pretty shocking. Oh, and stunning. But that kind of brings things to my mind a little bit. Like, in everything the Rams did this offseason, it was basically done to offset the fact that they had to get rid of Jared Goff to find the quarterback they needed. Matthew Stafford is now the center point of everything they're doing. Maybe that wasn't intentional, but that's the message you sent. You let, they've let talent go in the last two years, and they've spent a pretty penny doing so, both with draft capital and with salary cap space. Like They are seriously underwater with they're dead cap this year. So they are limited in everything they do, but they're trusting in that their system with Matthew Stafford at the helm could take them to the promised land. Then if you lose him, then what? Well, they're paying the price in death and everything else. That's what's got me concerned about this year. I, you know, if you've listened to our last two shows, I have them between eight and three and nine and two. Now it's eight and three because you know that the Aaron Rodgers is back. I have an eight and three through week twelve. 
What, where would they be if, if Stafford was out? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Where would they be? I'm saying all that to say, though, I've been optimistic about the Rams this year. Very optimistic. But this team is built around him. Mike, how are you, when you put put in that perspective, what are your thoughts? This is one of those situations where, you know, you grow up and your parents tell you as you're growing, hey, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Well, this is kind of an all eggs in one basket situation. And... We got to kind of ride it and ride it all the way out. And you get some great things when you have a guy like uh, uh, Deshaun Jackson saying, my body feels great. And man, I'm doing a great job. I could play in this offense another five years. So that speaks from Deshaun Jackson, who's been in a number of offenses in a number of different cities over his uh, career in the NFL. And now he's like, man, I could play another five years in this type of offense. That speaks to, you know, what Coach McVay and the offensive staff have created. And a lot has to do with a quarterback that can get some things done. So, man, if you lose him day one, yeah, that, that's going to change a lot. So, you know, prayerfully it's not as bad. And, and you know, maybe he sits out the rest of the week and makes sure everything's good to go. Because, you know, again, yeah, we need him to get timing down in the preseason. But, yeah, we need that guy for the season. We need him, period. This whole, this whole system's built around him. And for the Rams to even potentially lose him, what we saw with John Wolford that he's capable. We saw that he's able to make some plays. We also saw a guy who, in my view, has his own limitations. There are a whole lot of limitations that come with Matthew Stafford under center. And that's why they went and got him. So I'm looking at this thinking, man, this season already kind of has this feeling for me. And this is the old, this, this is kind of like the PTSD from all those bad Rams years. Where 
the shoe just drops every day. <laughs> I think was it, I want to say it was 2011. It was the second year under Spagnolo. Yeah, it was. It was 2011, and the Rams had just gone seven and nine the year prior. Lost. It was it was Sam Bradford's rookie year. They had lost in the last game of the season in Seattle, but there was a lot of hope going into 2011. Okay, this team finally has some pieces. They're going to make their move. This is it. They're, and the first game against Philadelphia, the Rams lose five starters. Yeah. Steven Jackson gets hurt. A couple weeks later, that's right. Bradford goes down. Right. It was an ankle injury that time. This was before he tore the ACL. And at that point, I think it went 2-14 and 14 that year. And at that point, it was that team had something there. The injuries completely derailed it. And that's yes. the feeling is for me now. Now, there are those, there are those who think I'm, I've been a constant negative Nancy. I'm just explaining fan, fan anxiety. Like, we've seen these things happen to the Rams before. We've seen, we've seen them come in looking like, okay, this is our year, and then you get this injury, you get this injury, you get this injury, you get this injury, you get this injury. Injury is a part of the game. The, the, the complex part of it, though, is something that you were big on last year, I think it'll carry over some this year, is the injuries coming off this time in COVID where everybody's had to train differently, had to live their lives differently, and how that will reflect on the field. That's oh, kind of the, there's the no anxiety doubt. with it. Yeah, no doubt about it, Derek. Uh, and it reminds me, you know, I was on one of those three and 13 type of teams, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, yeah, Coach Knox, our first year. No, our last year with John Robinson, first year with Jeff well, Fisher. I wouldn't say a three and 13 type team. That was just a straight three and 13 team, man. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> again. When you think of the NFL, you figure at worst you can win half your games. You know what I mean? That's kind of mm-hmm. man. We're an NFL team, and we're the Rams. Okay, worst case scenario, we eight and eight. Not we only can win three games. But I think back to '89. You go to the NFC Championship game, and you go, man, wait till next year. And then we were six and ten, and then six and ten again, and you go. Okay, what was different from last year and this year? And it was just all kinds of, of things. You know, we weren't getting a, the third and two, third and twos, you know, converting them. We weren't, you know, maybe dropping interception on the defensive side, you know, giving up a big play here and there. What happened? You know, so you just had these things and you have some injuries here and there and, and you know, a guy's out for a game or two. And then it's just next thing you know, you're putting them in the losing column, not the win column. And then you go, Okay, we were in the championship game last year, and we're not even in the playoffs this year. Okay, how do we do that? So, to your point, man, there have been a number of years, and you know, we know some of them lean years, especially in St. Louis after the you know biggest show uh, uh, on turf years. And then, uh, yeah, you can just get a little gun shy, and then you get it almost injury like we were reading about and are reading about. And you just kind of go, man, you know, you don't want to think the worst case. But again, we talk about injuries being part of the game, but everybody hopes 
it's not us. You know, just like the Niners last year, I'm sure they're like, what? We got just all these injuries. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this next week or two goes. And as uh, again, we ramp up for the preseason with the the big boys. Uh, And we're talking about just the preseason going in here now. The Rams have already lost Cam Akers. Now you have two rookies, Robert Rochelle and Bobby Brown III. They just underwent surgery. Brown for the UCL his thumb and Rochelle for his wrist. These are two guys you, you sort of need to contribute this year. You need them. And you need them learning the system. And guess what? They're out during one of the more important parts of the year. This is when everybody's coming together. It doesn't have the best feeling for me. And yeah, again, I know, I know. People are like, Derek, you're always the Debbie Downer. I'm not trying to be. Don't think I am. I'm still high in this season. But, man, in the back of my mind, there's that anxiety there that says, hey, uh, this injury thing is is pretty scary stuff here. You've already seen like four injuries in the first week of camp. Not fun. The first one didn't even happen in camp. Not fun. Right. Didn't even happen in camp. The first one happened before camp started. The guy you needed your, to, be, to anchor your running game isn't there. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, real, it's a real cause for caution and just kind of, you know, eyebrow rise and you go, hmm, you know, you don't want to think about it. You don't even really want to put it out there like that. But again, these are the realities of the game that, again, you're not thinking about it, but it's a reality. And you go, man, let don't let this be the year that this injury bug kind of hits our locker room yeah. as it did some of the others last year. Just, it's just, you know, but you look at Carson Wentz, you know, and he already hurt. Foot surgery. You know, he's going like, already. You know, and so everybody's like, what is going on? So, yeah. Yeah, fingers right. crossed, as they say. Fingers crossed. You know, you don't want you make sure all the ladders are out of the facility. Don't let the, don't let the guys walk under <laughs> any ladders. Don't right. let them. Don't let any black cats near right. your training camp area. Where are the other make ones? You turn right. But, yeah, <laughs> stay away. Just go the other way. If one chases you, you right. run. So yeah, don't step on a crack. Don't you know? <laughs> the crack just, on the sidewalk. Don't, yeah. Don't, yeah, don't walk on the sidewalk. Just. Walking the street. And there's the obvious. Don't smoke any crack either. Keep that one out. Yeah. That's the <laughs> So, Deshaun Jackson. You mentioned him. Yeah. You mentioned five years. Another guy who's been injury prone. It's almost like you're sitting there thinking in the back of your head, okay, how long will he make it before he gets hurt? Right. But, hearing him say five, this is, he can think he can go five more years in this offense. That was a concern to me was this is the guy you brought in to make your deep game happen when he's played like eight games in two years. That has me feeling pretty good. Keep him healthy, keep him fresh. If you have him able to stretch the field with Cooper Cup and Robert Woods there, I'm feeling better. I'm feeling better, but can't well, it's so interesting. Well, you should be, but, but he talks a little bit. An article I saw him, you know, that I was reading 
Blues in, in USA Today, you know, he was talking about why he feels like that. And he was alluding to a lot of what the Rams and the training department and the science they use. And it's been noted that the Rams have been pretty good on not having a lot of major injuries, especially the soft tissue. So that's what we're talking about when you're talking about Deshaun Jackson. Oh, I've got a strained groin, pull quad. I think he had to have surgery on one of his his groins one year uh, or something like that. Uh, a pulled hamstring, a strained calf muscle. Those are the soft tissue type injuries. So the Rams have a high plus, plus, plus in the area of not having a lot of soft tissue injuries which means a guy like Deshaun Jackson, hey, man, follow our regiment, do what we're doing, and you can be healthy uh, down the stretch. So that's exciting to know that he realizes like, oh, he's been in these different training facilities. And if he can say his body feels like, wow. So you go, OK, let's say whenever he signed, when did he sign? February? March? Like that, yeah. March. Yeah. So you figure, OK, he's been around or been in their training facility or whatever let's say call it four or five months and if he's able to see the difference in that amount of time well he's smart enough to figure out well man what can happen over time basically staying on whatever their exercise stretching you know whirlpool you know get massage regimen is uh but for him to be able to say that at age 34 I think that really speaks for what the Rams do from a physiological, mental, you know, a physical standpoint and just the science of the nutrition aspect of everything. So that's real exciting because I think we would agree if this guy can be out there 14 to 16 games, you can feel like the offense is going to be pretty explosive. I do feel that way, except for the thing you mentioned. <laughs> What's that? Concern for the running game. How do you feel right now about the running game, given where we are? Well, I think we can get some some headway when uh, Deshaun Jackson says it's opening up. You got, you know, Cooper Cuff and the other receivers, you know, they're talking about, oh, you know, and obviously 7-on-7 seven seven is different from an actual 11-on-11 game. But, again, these are veterans who played with, you know, again, another quarterback who, who was here. Uh, they can, they've been in camps with Coach McVay, and they know how offense looked then, and they saying, oh, man, offense is looking nice. So I take those as great clues that things are going to be more wide open, which is going to open up the running game as well as the running game opens up. I'm very uh, – excited to see what everything looks like when everything is clicking like it's supposed to. So what about the tight ends? Where are they fitting right now for you? Higby and all the young guys. Well, I think you got a great one in Higby. Obviously, uh, we lost Gerald Everett to Seattle, but from all intents and purposes, it sounds like it's a good fit for him up there. He seems to be excelling in their camp so far. But Higby, you know, things speak for themselves. And again, I go back to what we talked about, or you especially two years ago, that, man, you know, Sean Bay was been known for, you know, using the tight end more. I would like to see that. 
And I think with the ability to stretch the field, that definitely opens up more of the middle of the field, which should make a guy like Higby and the rest of the tight ends just kind of, you know, licking their chops saying, man, we, we're, we're going to have some fun. Because the thing is, a guy like Higby, good size, you get in, as we call it, in the secondary part of the field. Well, now you have secondary players, safeties, cornerbacks, now trying to bring down a bigger player, which should be advantage offense. And again, now you got him in play. And as you know, Derek, the, the San Francisco years, I always say my years, the tight end was critical in their offense. And those were the guys that were picking up the third downs or sneakingly, you know, sneaking up the seam or doing something. Uh, but teams that get a good tight end and are able to utilize them, they seem to do pretty well. So, again, excited to see all these things of what could be uh, in this upcoming season. What do you think about the tight ends having your propensity to say they need to be using them more? They need to use them more? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It's simple. <laughs> you know, they they let Joe Everett go. And to me, Joe right. Everett's one of the more disappointing things I've seen the Rams um, have. And I don't know how much of it's on the Rams and how much it's on him and, and his inability yeah. to, to, to grasp. I don't know. You know, he got injured a couple of times. So losing him or her, I still believe the guy had all the physical skills, tools. I'm not sure about skills, but tools to become a pro bowler in this league. And now I got to face him twice a year in Seattle. But one thing I loved about the the troubled 2019 season was when the Rams' typical 11 personnel set was just struggling. And they're going to say, well, it's because McVay didn't adapt and McVay didn't do this. And, And you come to understand that, you know, there were issues on that roster. One of those issues is no longer with the team. And they moved over and sort of focused more on the tight ends. That's when Higby had his, his best numbers ever. And you saw more of a focus before that, even on Joe Everett. What that does, in my view, is it makes the Rams more dangerous when they are able to attack you from any area on the team. And the tight ends are not an afterthought. They're, they're a serious threat. You don't have to be a team that consistently just goes deep or consistently just runs the football. You can be a team that keeps opposing defenses on edge. What are they going to do? And being able to deploy a 12 personnel set, 11 personnel set, whatever personnel set, and do it well, in my view, makes you dangerous. To me, it just seems so simple. The tight ends mean a lot if you want this team to be successful. What happens if the Rams really struggle getting guys downfield if the offense struggles again? Specifically the offensive line, so I mean. You need to be able to bring a tight end and, and change things up. And I like what they, what they can do. And they seem to have some guys that can do it. Higby's still there. There's been some good ward on their young tight ends behind him. I'm confident they can do it. My only concern is for a guy who did it consistently in Washington, i.e. Sean McVay, we haven't seen that consistency yet with the tight ends. 
since he became a Ram. And that's what I want to see change. You know, you made me think of something that I hadn't really thought of before, you know, but him and young Shanahan, they were all in Washington together. And sometimes you can get inside your own head and go, oh, well, you know, they know I want to do this. Well, I'm not going to give them that. I'm going to do something else as opposed to, man, going what where your strength is. So do you think it's a sense of because Kyle Shanahan is up the road that he feels like, oh, well, I'm going to play those guys two times a year. Well, I'm not going to do something that, uh, you know, he'll be able to beat me with. And then you end up not doing it all. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I think that. I think that Kyle Shanahan has to make him nervous. He seems to be the only guy that McVay can't be right now. Right, right. And so, again, being able to throw something multifaceted at him matters. Whether or not it's something someone they didn't watch and doesn't matter. Execution, to me, is what matters more. If you could execute with a simpler playbook, but you execute well, then everything's crystal. What's it matter? If the Rams, though, behind this quarterback who knows a thing or two, are able to have a wide-ranging playbook and execute, I like their chance against everybody. You know, but the 49ers themselves, their front seven to me makes them scary against anybody. But I've been saying this for three years now. They were built to beat the Rams. No doubt. No doubt. And it's going to be, again, they're supposed to have all their their big guns back and ready to go. So this year, again, is going to be a real test. Uh, not just the Niners, us, but, I mean, you're talking about the division. I mean, this is one of the, you know, you're looking at the division, and it's like, yeah, everybody in this division can be 8-8 eight and eight because you, you got some teams that you're going to have to compete against, you know, in your division twice a year. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be pretty interesting to see, you know, how these things pan out. But I just can't wait to see the Rams in live action against someone else just just to get a glimpse of what this season could be. I mean, I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. I'm looking forward to seeing the changes that that happen with, oh, holy crap. Breaking news. Going off the Rams front for a minute. Carmelo Anthony has signed a one-year deal with the Lakers. Man, the Lakers. They 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 gotta stop calling the Lakers and just call them the old guys for this year. Yeah, I mean Holy Dwight God. Howard. Uh I mean, I, I think Russell Westbrook has a lot left in the tank, but they've been trying to talk about this Carmelo Anthony thing. It's like Carmelo Anthony, I might as well go play. He literally is not going to play any defense. I don't care how many buckets you think he can get you. If you can't stop the other guy from scoring, I mean, you're not going to really win. (laughs) Wow. I guess, man, LeBron is getting all his dudes over there. (laughs) Despite the church says the oldies. Oh, these but goodies. The old, I'm not. Or just can't the play defense in the West. 
Right. Nope. Carmel. All right, going yeah. back to that. I mean, that yeah. just totally caught me off guard. Totally caught me off guard. All right. What you- so the, div- the division, <laughs> man, how do you feel about that? As far as just the overall competition. This division's tough. Yeah. It is tough. I mean, that's I, I. It's hard for me to measure it. This thing could go any way. The Cardinals got better. The Seahawks got better. The Rams got better. The Rams got better. The Rams to me are are kind of like the darling. But you know, a couple of years ago we did a prediction show on you know how they for the 2019 season. And on that prediction show, pretty much every single one of us that made predictions on that podcast got it all wrong. Very few got it right. And that's why it's, I just, I'm, I'm more hesitant to just sit there and say, well, it's going to be like this because, especially given the new world we live in, where the Rams in their offseason for viewing new potential rookies aren't even bringing them in. They don't interview them face to face anymore, right? They don't. They do everything's done remotely because of COVID. You know, everything's changed. The whole system in terms of who's in your front office has changed. Other teams experience change like that too, you know. Florida had a little bit of change. The Seahawks have had some change. It's very hard for me to sit here and say, well, the Rams are going to win this division. Because it's not a given. It's just not a given. That's why these injuries have me nervous, Mike. Honestly. Well, I mean, you hit on a great point, Derek. I mean, I mean, we're hearing all the same stuff. I mean, we were talking about it before we got on, just about, you know, COVID in general and shutdown versus non shutdown. But when you're a team, you do rely upon having, as Seattle calls their crowd, the twelfth man, right? You rely upon being at home. And knowing, hey, man, I can kind of keep my same regular routine, you know, my family can get to the game, you know, as opposed to, oh, no, you got to go play your home game somewhere else. So that's a, you know, big issue, headache. But I think there's an advantage of being able to play in your home stadium in front of your home crowd and fans that are giving you a little bit of something. Uh, you know, though most guys, once you get on the field, you're you're playing. But there's nothing like playing in front of your home crowd when they're cheering, and you know, you just feel that adrenaline that you get from playing the game and from playing in front of your family, not on TV, but in person. So yeah, it's going to be interesting and and get a little tricky and dicey, you know, seeing what's going to happen here in these next you know, couple weeks and months as far as, you know, how are games going to be played? I mean, what do you, you know, on this, I digress. I mean, have you watched any of the Olympics? No. Yeah. I mean, I, I turned it on the other night and watched a little bit of the, the girls against the women against France and go, yeah, man, you, you got nobody really in the stands and arenas. And it's like, yeah, how fun can that be? You know, how much adrenaline can you, you know, muster or get going when you're kind of 
basically seem like you're playing a practice game in, in the gym. So, yeah, you know, I definitely don't want to see, you know, what it was last year, them trying to pipe in crowd noise and, and things like that. So I tip my hats off to all the organizations, top to bottom, on even being able to pull it off. And I would say for the most ga- most part, games were very competitive, very competitive. So uh, I'm just definitely hoping it'll be fans and it's it's more back to normal than not. I hope so. And for me not watching the Olympics, is because I this is a different <laughs> world for me, man. Right. Four years on watching all the Olympics, none of this matters to me anymore. My world has right. changed. My world has changed. I don't. I don't have time to sit back and I got to work my head off now. I got to hustle. Yeah. I got. I got yeah. bills to pay in this new world. Okay. Our economy's not doing well. We got gas prices going up. We. we Inflation's going off the hook. I don't have time to be on. I got I got bills to pay. I got kids to take care of. I ain't worried about none of that. Right. If I'm watching, right. if I'm okay. if I'm watching, <laughs> let me see this again. If I'm watching the Olympics, that's time that I'm not doing something. Right. Right. I'm with you. So you know why why watch Olympics? So if it's worth watching to me, I'll watch it. To me, the Rams. I'm gonna that that's still my team. That that's worth making a little bit of sacrifice or stuff, but. I'm sorry, the Olympics got nothing for me. Nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. I don't care. Four years ago? Well, it's actually five years ago now. Yeah, I'll tune in. Go Americans. I, I'm, I love my country. I'm a, you know, I love my country. I hope they do well there, but I'm not, I don't have time to watch it. That's the bottom line. I don't care. And just an update, gas prices in Bakersfield, California. Fast strip, three dollars and fifty nine cents on the low end. I don't know how much it is in your neck of the woods, DC. Uh, it's up around three ten. At the beginning of the year, it was two bucks. Three ten. Yeah. Two bucks. Heck, oh, it got down to one point. Yeah, it was down to a buck fifty a gallon here. At Are one you point. Serious? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, man! A buck fifty people will go crazy, man. But I, you know, on my route to school, it's more like four forty-seven. Yeah, four. I'm like, man, yeah, we about to hit this five dollars here pretty quick, and they sneak it up kind of on you. It just kind of keeps creeping up, and next thing you know, hey, man, I thought I put in, you know, fifty dollars of gas, and you sitting on a little bit over a quarter of a tank. Anyway, I it's, digress. I mean, it is. You know, it's just, I knew this was going to happen a year and a half ago, honestly. All the, the inflation, when for just spending reasons, I knew it was going to happen, but it's so hard to watch. And that just tells me, you know what, my dollar doesn't, doesn't go as far, so I got to go find a way to make more. I got get bills to pay. I got a mortgage, get, get car payment, got insurance, you know, got stuff to do. And uh, if it's not worth my time, I'm not watching it. And I've decided that things like Olympics are not worth my time. That's real talk. I mean, this COVID thing, I probably have watched, I'm going to say in the last year. Now, I've, I've, you know, watched some, you know, uh, Amazon Prime just on my phone. You know, I'm laying in bed, bored. I'll watch a movie. Mm -hmm. 
But as far as watching actual TV, again, I watched the Olympics for about 30 minutes the other night. And then uh, my granddaughter was still here. So Sunday, we watched a little bit of ESPN because uh, I just wanted to start seeing, OK, what are they talking about in training camps and things like that? But uh, so I watched that. But before that, man, I've probably we haven't turned our TV on. We have one in the bedroom. Sorry. Some people like don't have a TV in your bedroom. Probably two times in the last year, you know, it's like to your point. Yeah, man, I got other things to do besides sitting around watching TV or catching up on whatever my latest story. But very little TV in the last year. Uh, again, watched a little bit more during football season and that really was it. But yeah, man, this this world has changed differently and you just kind of figure out what's priority for you and your family and that's what you roll with yeah i mean you know, of all things i've watched this year more believe it or not wwe <laughs> are you serious i'm serious i'm serious no yeah, why is that real is huh? it real Court me the the athleticism is real the storylines well you know that doing all that but <laughs> The reason why, one, is fun. Two, I can watch it cheap. Three, they, they, they don't, there's no politics. Like, you're not, you don't hear them talking all the politics crap. I am so done with all this hot garbage that when my day is done, when my work time is done, I want brainless stuff, man. Exactly. I'm with you so much. Come on. Yeah, just. Man, take my mind off something. Yeah. Let me go laugh at some stuff. Absolutely. That's why they call W that is why they call WWE now well, you know, World Wrestling Entertainment. It's entertaining. Yes. I don't need I don't want your politics. I don't want any of this stuff. Life has not been fun in this country for a couple of years now. So you know what? Yeah. If I want to come after a hard day working on this, working on that, if I want to get in there and I want to watch something just Fine. Well, you're not the only ones. I know when I flip across one of them, I'm like, man, this place is packed. I think we talked some while back. This place here in town when I first moved here in 76 called Strombo Stadium. And they had dudes like Andre the Giant come through and Pork Chop and the the Iron Sheik, you know, Paul Orndorff, you know, those guys. You know, they come through and, you know, you watch them. Then the next thing you know, they're kind of sitting in the stands and you're going... Okay, man, maybe this isn't real. But from then to even now, it's like, for whatever reason, it's always been able to pull a crowd. And I go like, man, even though you might know a little bit of scripted, I definitely agree with you. Those are some of the uh, the better athletes that don't get credit for what they do, all that flipping off the top rope and you know, the ones when they do oh, yeah. some of them extreme uh, stunts, you know, dropping down out the ceiling. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, it's a wonder more guys are not really injured. And, you know, you hear about some of these guys, they have my back later on and my knees. But some of the stunts that they do and the timing that they have to have is incredible because they could really, really hurt each other if they weren't doing what they're supposed to. Well, the thing, too. With it is, you know, here's a, here's a story for you. I had a, I had a, 
family member when I told him, listen, I'm watching wrestling. I, I, I am not, I'm watching wrestling night. And he goes, uh, no offense, but that's such a, a trailer park trash thing. And my wife piped up and said, well, is, how's it any different than watching something else on TV that's fiction? And then he, yes. the, the, the relative out and out said, well, yeah, when I was a kid, I used to go watch it. <laughs> right, right. That's good. What? Well, you submitted, you found it entertaining and you watched it. Why does it have to be trailer park trash? I'll tell you what. We, I, w- I, went to, I went to a show, actually went to SmackDown on Friday, July 23rd in Cleveland. Okay. And the crowd there was incredibly diverse. Yeah. The people you would call, the people you would call stereotypically like the white trash were sitting next to the people you would be like, yeah, that person looks like a hood rat. And they were sitting next to the person who, on appearance, looks like a richy rich elite. Right. Because we all have our guilty pleasures in life. And we all have our reasons. By guilty pleasure, I mean the little things that people look at you weird for liking, like wrestling. But it's sort of fun for everybody. Everybody. Like, you can't go to a show, a good show, and not enjoy it, regardless of what your background is. If you're, just, if you're looking for something just fun and take your mind off the world, that's ongoing... Why not? Now, are, are the pricing, is that still pretty good? Uh, I th- and it's comparable to anything else live, honestly. Gotcha. I mean, okay. Um, now, this was, this was my guilty pleasure for the year, okay? My bro- I was there with my brother. Red and velvet my- cake? Well, no, 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 I'm trying to avoid that. Um, <laughs> Getting off the Rams talking for a moment. But, again, I've been really, really careful with my money since all this stuff happened. We went. Right. But my, I, had, I don't see my brother much at all. I don't see my niece, like, ever. But we're both there together. And my niece and I are sitting there bawling the whole time. And then, and, and then they advertised the next show coming up there is in December. And my niece is like, I want to go. And let's go sit up front. I'm like, these tickets are going to be expensive. Sure enough, they're expensive. And yet, by the end of the night, they convinced me to go ahead and buy pre-sale. And then when I looked at the pricing, I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. I'm, we're sitting, we're going to sit in the second row for SmackDown for 125 wow. bucks. Yeah, that's not bad at all. No, that's actually, if you put that in that, con, in that, in that context, 125 bucks for second row seats from a WWE ring? From like Roman Reigns, come on, that, yeah, that's, that's worth that's the money. As they say, yeah, that's almost stealing. That's you worth know. the money. One twenty five for for second row seats. I'm going. Yeah, that's that's pretty. Yeah, I did that deal. Yeah, I mean, one of my pleasures. I want to get to. I, I need to go to like a real NASCAR race. I just hear that's just. You hear those engines coming around that you got to really see that live. Have you been to one of those? No, I haven't. I have family members who are into racing, and uh, they, they absolutely love it. It just depends on where you're going to watch a race, too. I'm not sure I want to go see one in Daytona with 100,000 people there, and they're all sweaty and hot. 
So yeah. I know isn't there isn't there a track down there in California? Yeah, yeah. It's down in they got a couple tracks actually. There's one actually where they were going to I wanna say Lawndale, right near Lawndale, outside of Pasadena. Uh pass a lot of time on the freeway, uh, where the Raiders were talking about moving at one time. Uh, there's a big track there, and then there's one out further in Fontana. So yeah, there's a couple tracks out here, but you know, I- I'm trying to maybe go to like a Martinsville or you know, date not so much Daytona, but you know, one of the other big boys. But yeah, from what I hear, uh, that's kind of one of those things you you want to go to before you leave this earth. Or maybe I'll save up some money and, and catch a flight with Jeff Bezos or or Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm 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 content keeping my feet in the ground. Um, yeah. But you know, again, it's that's the whole reason now you hustle is, is to have if for to have the money to do those little things you can enjoy because you got to be able to pay your bills, got to keep your house, but I also want some sanity as well. So, and that's that's a big deal at this point. I mean, need, everybody needs. An outlet just to get out once in a while, you know. Yes, be around indeed. people. Okay. Yes, indeed. So I think we'll probably delay weeks twelve. Sorry, weeks thirteen to seventeen on our breakdown. Uh, we'll say that for next time. I'll say it for our next show. In the meantime, though, do want to go ahead and ask you to head over to Apple Music, ask you to head over and make some magic happen there in terms of leaving a review. Also, forget to check out Blue Wire podcasts. For other podcasts like ours are even different. Uh, we're a part of their network. They've been great to us. We really appreciate them. And we're probably a part of that network. Follow us on Twitter at TalkRands and follow me on Twitter at DC Paul. Follow Mike at 1Duke23. Maybe he'll actually post once in a while on there if you actually interact with him. You could try. In the meantime, time for us to get out of here. Have a great one. See you. See ya.